This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of But God Can, How to Stop Striving and Live Purposefully and Abundantly, written and narrated by Becky Kaiser and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. And now, Christ and Pop Culture presents Persuasion with Aaron Straza and Hannah Anderson. I'm Erin Straza, and with me is Hannah Anderson. We're your hosts for Persuasion, the place where fine ladies, rational minds, and the best kind of company gather to discuss all sorts of ideas and issues. We are so glad to be gathered up for our conversation today because it has been quite a while. Hannah, I have missed you. I'm so glad to finally be back and having a chat. It is so good to hear your voice, Erin. Really, really good. I wasn't exactly sure when I would hear it again. I mean, <laughs> not that we don't have telephones. Right. And texting is nice. And voice Facebook is good. Messenger. Uh-huh. But it has been a very long time since we've had a conversation on persuasion. If my accounting is correct, it has been four months. That's crazy. This has to be the longest break that we've taken with persuasion. Because I am prone to guilt, it might also be sinful. I'm not sure. I feel like <laughs> I've abandoned you. Oh, I don't feel abandoned. Okay. Uh, you know, there have just been some things going on. There, there in, have been a few. In life and in the world. I appreciate that you care, that you were worried that I felt abandoned. Yeah, I but wonder not if our worried listeners... enough to actually have a conversation with you. So Right. Well, I wonder if our listeners feel abandoned. We, That's we did not who intend... we should be worried about. <laughs> we did not intend to abandon all of you. We have missed you, and we are glad to be back. We are. <laughs> it, it, yes, there have just been some things going on, and um, we needed to take a little breather because life is happening. Right. You know how everybody's work shifted um, in the last few months? You know, we um, have seen so many people working from home and they maybe worked in an office and they had to shift to work from home. Well, we already worked from home. So for us to shift, I guess, just meant shutting down because right. we couldn't go right. home. <laughs> but seriously, my home became massively busier in the last few months with all the shutdowns and the stay-at-home orders. Um, I was really glad that we were able to do our previous series um, mm -hmm. to kind of get us geared up about the kind of emotional processing of um, the pandemic and existing in the midst of this global virus. But then I didn't even have time for emotional processing necessarily. Um, it just felt like I was coping most of the time oh, day to day. Sure. I've thought back to that growing viral series so many times this summer because it, it's almost like when we were recording it and talking through different emotions that will be natural in the, the pandemic upheaval, it all was helpful and good at the time, but there was no way for us to actually walk through those emotions all at once, all within a month and then 
be done. Like we're going to walk through a healing process and then we're all okay with how the world has changed. I, I have found that looking back at those conversations when different emotions came up over the summer, it was so helpful for me to say, okay, yes, that is normal. This is why you are feeling this way. And it's okay to feel it. And I do think that's part of the coping is just realizing like, oh, we're in it. Like this is reality. This really is happening. And these feelings are going to be with us in different ways at different times and really brought about by different happenings. Um, I mean, we're all still dealing with loss and the inability to do what we normally would do. And all of that stirs up anger and frustration and sorrow and discouragement. I mean, all of those emotions are still right there. And, and this is what I love about you, Erin. Because you are an amazingly positive person <laughs> and you look back at this conversation and you see this, oh, look, we, we anticipated some of these emotions. We created resources. We began the conversation. And I look back at those conversations and even some of my own journaling because I've been journaling through um, the last few months at home. I started a pandemic journal, right? That's awesome. And I look back and my first response is, oh, you sweet, sweet, naive Hannah. <laughs> Who thought it would all be done you in six episodes. so <laughs> clueless. You had no idea what you were talking about. But it's nice. It's very cute that you thought those things six months ago. Right. Who knew? I mean, back then, didn't we think, oh, by summer. I bet by summer, things will be sort of back to normal. Well, at the and beginning, <laughs> I was even more hopeful. I was, by Easter, we'll be back right, to normal. Right. Nope. And then it was, <laughs> by summer, surely we'll be back. Right. By fall. And now fall is presenting itself. And oh honestly, I have this deep-seated fear that it's just going to get worse. Oh, so, no, don't say it. So I'm having to shift my kind of process of it's going to get better. It's just got to get better. It's going to happen. We're, we're going to get out of this to how do I survive? Yeah. How yeah. do I cope? How do I make it through this moment? Because I have no idea when it's going to end. I think most people are feeling that way. Instead of it being like, oh, this is going to be a bad like eight week, 12 week stretch. And then it's all going to revert back to normal. Now we're at the point where things have gone on long enough and there's no real end marker in sight. This is going to have permanent and lasting repercussions on everything we do. And so now it, even though people have been saying, oh, the new normal, I think it was still the sense of, well, that new normal is still temporary. Like eventually we're going to revert back to our regular normal. And now I think everyone's realizing, oh my goodness, maybe not. And so now we need to, we do, we need to figure out, okay, how do we cope with this? How do we live in this and seriously live in a way that is life-giving? That's hard. And I think some of what you're describing there about the old, the new normal that we thought was the new normal and the normal that will eventually come that we still haven't even envisioned yet 
is the process of kind of assessing what has changed Mm -hmm. and maybe even letting go of certain expectations. So for me, Mm. getting by has included the ability to say, stop hoping for things to go back to what they were. Mm, and, yeah. and and I don't mean that in like a fatalistic give right. up hope, but I really had to transition from this, oh, this will just be a few weeks and we'll get back to what we've always done to, oh, that was in the past. And if I'm going to live in this moment, I have to let this moment be different and yeah. be what it is and mm-hmm. accept it. That it is just going to be different. And and so for me, getting by and kind of coping and not losing my mind <laughs> has included <laughs> accepting the changes. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. And we, as we talked through those emotions in that growing viral series, we were loosely tying them back to this grieving process. There, there are a couple of models for that. And I, I think you're right. It really is a grieving like, oh, that is done. Like that was something life as we knew it was something and it was real. And in order to live in life now, you do have to say, okay, that's that's going to be done. And then what do I do now? How do I cope now? And it is a sense of not putting life on hold. I think that was something I was doing at the start was like, oh, this is just temporary. So then by summer, I'm sure it'll be back to normal. And so almost like, well, this is my holding pattern until life resumes. And now I'm to the point of like, oh, okay, what is your new way of living? Like you actually this is life. Like right now, I want to live in this moment and not wait until the moment is passed and then get back to it. So learning to cope and and to get by with what is, I think that is healthy, but hard. It, it It's still not the easiest thing to do. And so I, for one, am glad to be back to some normalcy, for instance, back to persuasion and recording and talking with you because it provides some of that structure of normalcy. It does. And and I think there is a level at which it is the same, but it's also not the same. Because yeah. even though we're back to recording and we've gotten into the work of planning and thinking about this series and the series for the fall, um, we're also doing it in a context that we can't help but talk about what's yeah. going on. So it's yes. not like if we even came to record a series and tried to have a series that existed by denying what was going on in the world because we thought somehow that would be a reprieve, Mm -hmm. right? Like, let's just create a conversation that has nothing to do with what's happening in the world because we can't handle what's going on in the world. That actually wouldn't be helpful because it's not reality either. So there's this weird um, space of coping that you have to acknowledge what's happening at the same time that you don't get absorbed in it, where you have to keep going and keep doing the things and keep working and keep learning and keep taking care of your responsibilities at the same time that you can't pretend that the last six months haven't happened. Right. I think the same can be said with um, all of the 
social upheaval and the the protests and the things that we need to deal with as a nation, those things are happening and we can't pretend that they aren't. And we actually can't prepare new ideas devoid of that reality either. So I think the combo of the worldwide pandemic plus the things that are going on in our nation, both of those things are creating a a, a new way of thinking. It's almost like my my lens has shifted or changed or I have a new filter on my eyes or something. I'm not sure exactly how to say it, but it does affect all of the key categories of life, work, faith, family, community. It, it's affecting all of those areas. And I think it is helpful to talk through how is the current state of the world affecting each of these areas. Like, I, I would love to know that. I, I want to know from friends, family, hey, how are these things affecting how you see things? And I think those are important for us to explore even here. Right. I think what you're saying is that nothing is left untouched. Yeah. So one of the things, as you mentioned, with the kind of uh, social and political upheaval that we've seen through the protests and even through the coming election is this desire to isolate it, to say mm. it's in um, maybe in Portland or it's in mm -hmm. this city or it's just here. And this this sense of if we can isolate it or even the kinds of conversations um, around policing, well, mm -hmm. it's just one or two people. It's right. just this. And so wanting to isolate a problem, whether it's the pandemic, whether it's protests, whether it's cultural shifts that need to happen in policing, is a way of attempting to cope with something that minimizes it so that we can pretend that part of our life is not touched by it. Yeah. That somehow it's out there and it's not affecting my life. But the truth is, I can't think of a place in my life that hasn't been affected mm -hmm. by something that's happened in the last six months in quote unquote broader society. Mm -hmm. So everything has been touched from the way we engage in community, the way I engage with my neighbors, the way my kids go to school, uh, the way I don't engage with people. <laughs> Yeah, the way I do my work. And I think when we're in this moment um, and you start calculating the very specific ways your life has changed, it can be overwhelming. Oh, sure. So like what has changed in your life? One of the things that I have noticed is that my my home it's small it's mike and it's me meaning small meaning it's just the two of us we don't have we don't have kids or um extended family living with us so it's just the two of us and yet all the things that are going on have shaped every conversation that mike and i have had over the past four and a half months so everything is affected by how are we dealing with um restrictions and new guidelines and trying to be healthy Either it's that or it is what is God calling us to do and what role do we have to play in shaping the type of world that we would want in terms of equality and justice and um, 
basically developing community in a way that is allowing flourishing for all. So we're having these heavier conversations all the time. And that type of conversation, it's not like we never had those before, but it seems like we can't stop having these conversations, whereas before maybe you could put a little bit of a pause on it. But now we can't stop. And there's just so much to process and to think through. And the the ability to say, oh, that doesn't affect us because it's just the two of us, we can't do that anymore. And so it has changed how we talk and therefore it's changing how we relate to the community. And it's it's shifting the course of our lives in a good way, but it really is changing from inside out for sure. And I hear you when you say that this is a good change. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that there's a similar change happening in our home where things that perhaps we could believe blissfully ignorant of we Mm -hmm. can no longer be um and whether it's just functioning government (laughs) or or, you know common good and our neighbor's health or our neighbor's children's ability to be educated or um you know whatever it is it, it it's not we're not able to just blissfully go on with our lives, which I think is a really healthy thing. On the other hand, it's a really taxing thing. It is. And to live in that space continually is draining. And it's also not sustainable in and of itself. Because I think we're accustomed to, well, first of all, we're not accustomed to the weight of these conversations. Right, right. So Mm -hmm. it's a heavier thing we're picking up. But we also don't have our typical resources for um, refreshment, encouragement, soul care, that sort of thing. Like we're not as able to lean into community or to lean into faith. And so I think we kind of had this catch 22 where we have to pick up some really, really heavy things. And that's Mm -hmm. good. But how are we going to do that? How are we going to sustain ourselves in the midst of it? How are we going to get by? What you mentioned before about there being no real end in sight and and then the weight of, of it, of all of it, that is draining. And it reminds me of that, um, idea of the noonday demon, where this was this concept that came up in um, among monks who are doing their daily work and their daily prayer. And the idea was that at about noon, you're about halfway through the day and you're tired, but you still have another half of the day to go. And so by noon, you're worn out. And this is when you are most susceptible to caving in terms of your attitude and your approach. And basically, you just don't want to do it anymore. And I see that in terms of this um, space we're in at this time. It's sort of like we're, we're hitting the noonday demon. We're, we're, we're at the point where like, we don't know how much further it is, but we sure know we're tired and we don't want to do this anymore. And that's draining. So we do need a way to get by and to cope. And like you said, the common things that we turn to are not there. So then we need a new way 
of finding those supports to keep moving on because a lot of people and, and me included, given the day or the hour, I'm ready to be done and say, okay, I'm checking out. I need, I need a break. And I just feel worn out completely. This episode is brought to you in part by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, which prepares Christian women for leadership. At Bow, we believe that every woman is a leader because she influences someone. So whom do you influence? Do you mentor a woman, serve in the workplace, or do you lead a small group, teach the Bible, or even lead an entire ministry? No matter who or how many you influence, our free online resources will help equip you. Our videos, podcast episodes, and articles from experienced women leaders will encourage you and perfect your leadership skills. They offer wisdom for dealing with ministry pitfalls, current biblical issues, health for your own soul, and insights for shepherding others well. In addition, Bow offers Bible studies designed to connect women of multiple generations. They provide a challenge to both women new to the Bible and those wanting to dig deeper. Be our guest and browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at beyondordinarywomen.org. And I think that's part of why we wanted to do this quick mini-series for the month of August um, is the question of how are we getting by? Um, And and also to just point out that getting by is sufficient at this point, Mm -hmm. um, that you you are drained there are really heavy things pressing in on you and and you're going to need to find ways to sustain yourself to cope and to survive that and and so i'm really excited for this it's going to be a brief series um Mm -hmm. but we've got a couple authors lined up to chat with us about the kinds of things that can sustain you in the midst of life upheaval, social upheaval, um, suffering, the kinds of questions that we've presented even in the last few minutes. And and I think in our happy, shiny people culture, right? In our (laughs) American evangelical church culture, we're not accustomed with getting by being enough or being sufficient. Mm -hmm. We mm-hmm. do feel like we have to be overcomers and victorious and always um, coming out ahead in the midst of a challenge. You know, we rise to the challenge. And and I think over the next few weeks and episodes, as we kind of lean into this question of getting by and the kinds of resources that are necessary to cope, I do want to, from the very beginning, just to validate that that's good. That's sufficient. Yeah. That's so helpful, too, because there's this tendency to, um, like you said, make it seem as if you need to conquer this this moment, these difficulties we need to conquer, and we need to rise above and come out way ahead. There's that press to do that. And then on the flip side, you can also revert to, oh, well, I'm just going to give up and hole up and cover my head with a blanket and wait it out and hunker down. You know, Which one are you? Future. I waffle between the two, Hannah, but my natural state is, oh, let's just hunker. So, oh, okay. so for, for me, initially, I was like, oh, I can be at home. I can do this. But then 
it's the realization of like, okay, but I want to actually live. So I can I can hunker for a good long time and be real happy with books and um, being home with Mike. And, you know, I've, I've watched plenty of movies and Mike and I worked all the way through the Marvel Universe movies, all those movies. Um, we've watched all kinds of things on Netflix like we've we've covered it. And that was fine. But then after a while, that grows wearing on me. Like, it, it's almost like, oh, is this going to be my life? Is this really what I'm going to do with my whole life? And so then that motivates me to maybe do something different. But I'm definitely not on the the end of, like, I need to learn a new language or whatever. I think the, the extent of it for me in terms of trying something new in this space, I, I've started some needlepoint. That's not like me, but I needed some sort of a crafty thing that would um, occupy my mind and do something different at home. So I'm doing some needlepoint. And that has been a way for me to get by. Like, it's it's minor, but there are small joys. And I think there's something to be said for that, too. Like, how can you be... Um, life giving to yourself, meaning how can you nurture some things that you wouldn't do otherwise, because this time and space allow for that. And that's okay, too. I I like that that you were saying that there's this way of being faithful that it may have this this um, smallness to it, but it actually is no less weighty. And I, I think of my needlepoint as one of those things. Like, it's just something I'm trying and it's a, it's been fun. I like looking at the colors and it gives me something to do. And I think there's benefit in that. Again, this is why I enjoy your company so much, because you can hunker and I'm conquer. I am <laughs> like, this is the moment. This is when we take them on the hill. When all of society is slowing down, we can surge ahead. I may or may not have said such things to my teenagers, which is completely horrible. This is not how you should parent. Do not parent this way. But, But my kind of ambitious, more aggressive personality sees this moment and says, this is the chance. This is the opportunity. Use it. And if you While don't. all the people are hunkering and doing needlepoint. Take them right. down. <laughs> and if you don't use it, it's your own fault. And you don't deserve success and goodness in the world. <laughs> Which I'm being completely transparent with my demons here. That's Because hilarious. I do. When I say it's enough to get by, I am preaching to myself. Mm, yeah. I am saying you got up, you may or may not have gotten dressed, (laughs) you (laughs) fed yourself, you fed your children, you cared for your home, you took care of someone else today, go to bed content. And I think for people whose personality are like mine, perhaps slightly more driven, this moment can feel very overwhelming, very guilt-ridden, like, oh, my world, society is collapsing. Mm. I have to fix it. Yes. I have to be present in everything that is happening, and I have to overcome, and I have to speak, and I have to be in this, and I have to change this. And, And quite honestly, when I find myself feeling that pressure, and I go to the resources and the emotional and spiritual and intellectual resources that I have, but they're just tapped dry. Mm-hmm. And so then mm-hmm. there's this kind of guilt that says, not only was this the moment, but look, 
you don't have anything to give to it. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, I don't. Mm -hmm. I don't. I am tapped dry. And so there is, for me, this need to accept limitation. Yeah. And to come back again and again and again to that you are limited. You cannot come out ahead conquering on this. You must accept and embrace the limits that have been placed on you both by something that's larger than yourself, mm -hmm. by God, mm -hmm. by your own um, personality and capacity. And you need to come to terms with getting by is sufficient. Yeah. And I think on the flip side, if if there are any other listeners out there like me who tend to be one who can easily hunker, I think getting by is also the call to actually get by rather than like you may err on the let's go get them and let's conquer. I may and then you have to know your limits. I may think, oh, I have limits. And so then why do anything? And so then I am called to engage and to actually get by, like to actually be active. And so I think that this concept of getting by is so appropriate, whether you are the conquering sort or the hunkering sort, it, it is still the call to knowing the limits are there and that's okay. And then what do you do in those limits? Like, what is it that that we can do to cope? What does it mean to be faithful? Um, where can we find small joys that are still meaningful? Um, because they mean something. Uh, that's something that I've really been wrestling with is what does it mean? Like it means something that I love Mike well, the one person who's in my four walls, like it means something. And I think that we are so prone to think that the weighty things are weighty because they're big and they're on a big stage or, you know, the world will see them, we give them much more weight or importance. And that's not God's way. And so to to have that flipped around and say, oh, it's okay for you to be faithful in ways that no one sees. And it's okay that you get by in a faithful way. And so, yeah, I'm looking forward to the series as well. And we have guests lined up. So that will be fun. We're going to hear some uh, from some friends and voices who I think all of them have been on uh, Persuasion Conversations before. So it'll be like a uh, reunion of sorts. Yes. Yeah, so we would like to invite you to join us in the next few episodes. We're back. You can come on back with us mm -hmm. as we tackle um, briefly this question of getting by um, when times are tough. And even if you're just getting by, please yeah. do join us um, for this conversation. And as always, you can head on out to Twitter um, to join us there. You can find us at Persuasion CAPC and tell us how have you been getting by or have you been getting by? Mm -hmm. um, do you maybe hear a lot of your own story and what we've shared today of that just weight pressing in on you and just barely coping um, to sustain life in this new, weird normal. Um, come on out to Twitter and uh, share with us there. Or if you're part of the Christ and Pop Culture Members Forum, you can always pick up uh, the conversation there in our community Facebook group. And if you're not a member, of course, you can always become one for just $5 a month or more. And your contribution supports um, 
this podcast and all of the other cultural commentary you find at Christ and Pop Culture, whether it's on our site, the digital magazine, um, or our sister podcast. We want to give a shout out to Jonathan Clausen. He produces Persuasion and all the other shows at Christ and Pop Culture. You can give them a listen at ChristandPopCulture.com or just go to iTunes. And if you search for Christ and Pop Culture, then all the shows will populate there and you can take your pick. We do so appreciate that you are here with us, that you listen to Persuasion, and we will catch you next time. You have been listening to Persuasion with Aaron Straza and Hannah Anderson, an official production of the Christ and Pop Culture Podcast Network. Please rate and review the show in iTunes and check out our other shows at ChristandPopCulture.com slash network. Theme music by Maiden Name. Name.